Hey, look at that. Back-to-back days. Rare occurrence. Happy Tuesday. Got to get on the stick. I know there's a lot of there's a lot <laughs> happening right now. I feel like it's going to really ramp up here in the next weeks, next couple months. Yeah. Of course, leading up to the next election. That's when most <laughs> of the stuff is going to happen, right before the election, right? Probably. Hopefully. It's going to take a while. Yeah, it always does. The wheels of justice turn slowly, but now it feels like they're actually moving instead of just spinning in place yeah. like they were before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Average American Podcast, I'm your host, Brandon. She's your co-host, Jen. A uh, lot to get to today. Let's jump right into the biggest news, which is uh, news that I think I actually saw yesterday, but I, I stopped to read the story this morning, and that is that Mueller has transcripts of a voicemail left by one of Trump's lawyers for one of Michael Flynn's lawyers. This is about the time when uh, the whole in- the whole thing with Flynn went down and... and um, he had actually received some information, right, from from somebody saying that uh, that it needed to be passed on to Trump. It was the information we had talked about from Britain, actually, that they didn't trust Christopher Steele's information. But that's beside the point. The point is, is that there was this conversation that the lawyer had left on the, on the recording, and Mueller's team, when they put it in the report, selectively edited out clips from that voicemail to make it seem more nefarious than it was. Right, because it wasn't nefarious at all, really. Um, They had a joint... I can't remember the term. They had a joint agreement um, because they were both defending themselves against Mueller or whatever. So that's where lawyers share information between the two, and Flynn was getting off of that, which meant that he was going to be cooperating with Mueller or trying to give him something or whatever. So apparently this was what Flynn turned over to the Mueller team and they altered it to make it look as if it were witness tampering and that they were trying to put pressure on Flynn and all this kind of thing. When in actuality, it was just, you know, a lawyer's duty to find out what was going on. And with Flynn, what he kind of says is that you know, if you've got any information that we don't know about, that could because be. Because remember, this is, you know, yeah, that, that could be damaging, or that we could have to deal with. You know, not not just for the president, but like for the country. Exactly. Then you know, just give us a heads up. Right. And he specifically says in the recording, and this is one of the things that was cut out, is, you know, of course you don't have, don't give us anything confidential. Right. So right. in other words, he was. Yeah, that's exculpatory because he specifically said, don't give us anything confidential. Don't, you know, uh, break the rules, basically. Um, So that's exculpatory evidence that the Mueller team edited out of the report. That's pretty damning. I mean... And it took a judge's order. That's important to know, too. Yeah, because we didn't get the full voicemail until later. Right, because he had to do an order and say, hey, you need to give me the audio recording of the voicemail prior to that all they had was what Mueller had edited and you see what he did I mean he's 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 giving you the impression that the that the lawyer's doing something inappropriate when he's he's not exactly and I mean the whole report the parts that I've heard about or seen is like that like we've already talked about with Kalimnik and with some of these other figures you know Mueller's trying to paint it as this big, scary Russian spy dude. In actuality, 
you know, the guy was meeting with the State Department. It said senior State Department officials, and this is a New York Times story. So he was either working to help bring down Trump, which is probably the most likely scenario, or at the very least, he hangs out with senior State Department officials so he can't be all that scary. Yeah, seriously. How bad can he really be? <laughs> yeah. Either that or they're colluding with Russia. Which we know they are. <laughs> yeah. This is Actually. this is crazy, though, because this is like pretty concrete proof that Mueller's a dirty prosecutor trying to frame somebody here. Yeah. Well, and the, and the important thing about it, the exciting thing from my perspective, is that this is a legal matter. This, this is this is politics. leaving out. So this the legal matter is leaving out the exculpatory evidence. Exactly. Which was the so line about not wanting to get saying, yeah, not wanting to get confidential information. Right. So this isn't just people saying, "Oh, he's not being fair." This is an actual legal matter that he could potentially be held accountable for. Now, is it Mueller who's going to be held accountable or is it that lawyer who put this piece in the report? That's a good question, and I don't know the answer. But ultimately, ultimately Mueller it's is Mueller, responsible. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's kind of like when you're, you know, the president of a of a university or something. I mean, ultimately, it all falls, you know, crap runs down, you know, to you. To well, deal and with. especially in an investigation and a prosecution, you really have a duty to make to sure be that everything's aware correct. of and responsible for everything that happens in that case. I agree. I agree. And, you know, this is just one example, you know, and there's other examples mm -hmm. that have been coming out recently of, you know, unfair treatment. This one, the next one we're going to shift into more focused, you know, unless there's anything else you oh, wanted to. Real, yeah, really quick before we shift. I, I forgot this um, read last night that mule or that Manafort. This is so awful. OK, Manafort is being moved to Riker Island prison, which is like for the worst of the worst, like serial killers they send to Rikers Island in New York. And I mean, the guy's a scumbag maybe. Okay. Sure. He is. He's a scummy lobbyist. There's like a dime a dozen in Washington and for mortgage fraud and financial crimes, you're going to send him to this, you know, maximum security prison. I, it's just yeah. unbelievable. I mean, I would just hope such that abuse of power by yeah, these people. I would hope that things would progress sooner rather than later, just so that we can hopefully get pardons for people like that, if it's deserved, you know. And I don't know all the details, so Trump will know better right. than I would. But you know, people well, like he that can't be pardoned. He can't be pardoned for for these crimes, I guess, because it's a state. They brought it under a state court. Uh, well, he so could that, be he could be pardoned for his federal crimes, but he would still be. Yeah, he would still be on the hook for the state mortgage fraud charges, and that was really just so that they could get him in case Trump pardoned him. Right, but I mean mortgage fraud, and they're going to send you to a maximum security prison. I know prison. federal, yeah, maximum security prison. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I I just it's just. Uh... It's really kind of scary. I mean, this is like the kind of thing that happens in, you know, totalitarian countries where they're just going to put the screws to you if you don't do obey. what they want. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's hope we can get, Speaking you know, of... the good people out of there. 
Speaking of fraud, yeah. though, and and mishandling and of third cases world countries. in third world countries, <laughs> let's go back to the Hillary investigation. <laughs> There's been calls, yeah. you know, recently for Barr to look into how the Hillary investigation was handled. And I, I think that you have to do both at the same time. I think that you have to look and review the Russia probe at the same time you're doing the Clinton probe because they were so incestually intertwined during that period when Strzok was looking over both of them that it's just... And it, the disparity it, of treatment is just so stark. Yeah, so get this. We're starting to learn more about the process that Hillary's campaign and she went through while she was being inv in, uh, investigated by the FBI. One of the things that we realized recently is that there are missing interview transcripts and records. So when you interview somebody in the FBI, you, you write up what's called a 302. It's a summary of your interview with them and what you learned. Not once, not twice, not three times, four separate occasions. The FBI failed to write up 302s after viewing Hillary and her campaign. Four different times. Yeah. And this is not just something that, oh, yeah, I, you know, slipped my mind, forgot to do it. This is like what you do. <laughs> this is this is their whole entire job is to, right. is to interview is and write, write up the 302. Exactly. And I mean, again, though, t speaking of where we have legal matters where, you know, legal ramifications could occur, looking at the Hillary investigation is a good place because. I mean, so many things that they did, for example, Comey granting immunity to like five different people. In exchange in for them exchange giving for up nothing. nothing. It's it was basically a get out of jail free card. And usually you use that immunity as a tool to get um, testimony about someone higher up in the chain <laughs> Rod Rosenstein. by doing this he basically was saying so you you're usually you're using it to get testimony he basically used it to prevent testimony he used it to keep those people from testifying against hillary bottom line which we knew at the time but now it's just There's so no much more clear to do it without getting something in return right the unless you're trying to hide something had Right, because, it, I mean, the only reason to, the fact that they needed immunity means that they committed crimes. Right, right. That they were liable. You don't give somebody immunity if they indicted. did nothing wrong. Yeah. Right. So they were liable to be indicted, and he gave them a get out of jail free card so that they would stay quiet. Before it could get to the Department of Justice. Yeah. So, I mean,. So that's a potential. I mean, that that's obstruction of justice. That yeah, you want to talk about obstruction? That that's the textbook definition right there. Exactly, exactly. Not not being unhappy like Trump was. You know, it's, oh, he uh, he obstructed justice because he said it was a witch hunt. No, no, that's yeah. Not, you know, <laughs> no. You, you yeah. see the difference? No, deleting emails, smashing cell phones with hammers, granting people immunity to stay quiet. Those are obstruction of justice. Speaking of gr of granting people immunity and not doing what you're supposed to in the Hillary investigation, this article comes out from Sarah Carter yesterday that they were preparing to give Hillary's lawyer a copy of the 302 from the interview that the FBI and DOJ did of Hillary Clinton. Here's the quote from the story, sarahacarter.com. 
FBI officials to expedite the release of FBI investigative material to Hillary Clinton's lawyer, David Kendall, in August 2016. This is something James Baker had instructed. Kendall and the FBI's Mm -hmm. top lawyer discussed specifically quickly obtaining the 302 report of the FBI DOJ interview of Mrs. Clinton. So in the middle, get this, this is how irregular this is. In the middle of the investigation, they're preparing to turn over documents that they have to the person they're investigating. How irregular is that? Wow. How do you, how do you do that? You know, oh, well, yeah. we're still investigating you, and you th- we think you may have committed crimes. But, you know, here, why don't you go ahead and review the evidence that we have to see if there's anything you want to prepare for? I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how that usually works or what the standards are, but it sounds sketchy to It me. doesn't take a genius to know that you shouldn't be turning over documents related to an investigation to the subject that you're investigating. You know? Yeah. This is one where they'll try and gaslight you and tell you, Oh, this is just a you know a procedure at the FBI and da, da, da. no, <laughs> you know I don't need you to try and t- I don't need anybody to yeah. explain it to me. It's pretty simple. You don't turn over your documents to somebody you're investigating. Well, and one other thing while we're talking about it is I am not entirely well versed on this subject, but I remember reading that they had actually allowed or that the FBI itself had done this for them on their behalf. Destroyed computers. Oh my gosh! Of Hillary's. Oh my from, god! From from Cheryl Mills, I think it was. Um, I mean, yeah, this. And if that's true, and it can be proven that there was, well, I mean, just the fact that they would destroy it at all. I don't care if it had nothing but actual yoga emails. You keep that stuff forever. You keep that stuff. You don't destroy Ever. it. Ever. No, never. It gets put up in evidence <laughs> and it stays there for the, you know, the remainder of yeah, eternity. Yeah, in case more information comes exactly. to light. Exactly. There might be something relevant on there that you wouldn't have recognized at the time or whatever. Exactly. You know? It's so infuriating looking at all of these examples of But and you know what's infuriating? What's really really insane is that they do it in broad daylight. Yeah, because the media but helps because them. Because of the media gaslighting machine you know they pretend like it's all normal and it's and not like, oh, it's perfectly normal to grant immunity for no reason at all and destroy their computers for them <laughs> give me a break the nice thing is is they're 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 not getting away with it anymore now it's becoming more and more obvious and you know now as we're getting some context to these stories people are starting to understand them more and be like wait a second this isn't right you know, this, well, this isn't how and that's justice why works. I really, 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 really hope that Bargo takes this all the way to the end and people go to jail. And I mean, for a long time, like I would like federal you know, prison, put them on Riker Island. <laughs> exactly. <know>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because that, I mean, this is as serious as it gets when it comes to government prison against the government. Yeah, so people, I mean, these people need to pay a serious price so that everybody in the future goes, I'm not even going to take one foot in that direction, you know, one step in that direction. There has to, you know, this is what punishment is for, to deter people. From doing things like this, exactly. From doing things like this. So there has to be a serious punishment if we really want to clean up the corruption in the government. That's why we need them to hang publicly. We need to have public hangings, <laughs> do it out, you know, in, in front of the White House or 
in uh, where they had where were they where was the inauguration where they had the inauguration that would be a good public place invite a whole bunch of people to come watch but uh, yeah, that's a that's well. a good that's a good segue we want we want to see these people punished and you know I want them to hang because that's what you do to treasonous traitors back in the old days but <laughs> times have changed uh, but this is a good good segue to uh, what they're doing to Barr right now because they're trying to go after Barr because. They know he's he's out for him. Okay, all the signs are pointing. Remember how different it was when Jeff Sessions was Attorney General, and I and I hate to rag on the guy too much, but think back yeah. about all the mental leaps we were having to do. Well, maybe Sessions is just working behind the scenes, and all this stuff is going mm-hmm. on, and you know, no, none of that with Barr. It's like he's out there talking about exactly what he's doing. He's saying I'm looking into it. You know, he's appointing a prosecutor to help him out. He's doing yeah. all the right things. We know he's going after him, and we know that they're panicked because they're talking about, you know, holding him in contempt of court, which apparently they're planning to do next week. They're right. going to hold which a vote on it next week. Which is just an attempt. Yeah, they're just trying to discredit Barr so that whatever he comes out with or he says, people won't believe it. But um, their spin machine is losing uh, losing velocity here. People are not buying into this anymore, but you see the left-wing shills, you know, the media matters trolls still trying to spin the stuff um, against Barr and stuff, but it's becoming clear to people what's going on, I think. I I think so, too, and I just want to draw a parallel to Eric Holder and the situation with Eric Holder during the Fast and Furious scandal and kind of yeah. kind of the similarities because they're, they're talking about holding a vote to hold Barr in civil contempt of Congress. Which means right. nothing. Which means right. absolutely nothing. He's not going to get in trouble if he doesn't do it. They're not going to be able to, you know, put him in jail or anything like that. It doesn't matter. Right. Holder was held in civil and criminal contempt. And mm. Obama had to pull executive privilege to prevent the DOJ from prosecuting him. Yeah. And, and he really had no place to claim executive privilege because Holder had testified that he never talked to Obama about it and Obama didn't know anything about it. Right. So that's what executive privilege is. It covers conversations with the president. So how can Eric Holder simultaneously be covered under executive privilege while also not knowing anything about, you know, Obama? I mean, excuse me. Yeah. How can he how can he cover this with executive privilege and at the same time not know anything about it? I know I mean, exactly. it's crazy. So see, this is the kind of this is the kind of thing they say when they say, "Oh, Obama never had any scandals." That's a it's that's one like of the biggest scandals that he loud. had. Yeah, I the know, Fast and the, Furious the, the scandal. The media. This is why. This is why I always go back to like the big three. The media is one of the big three that we need to really focus our energy on because they still have power. I mean, they've lost a lot. We we look at CNN's ratings and we can see that we've eroded quite a bit of it. We have, and, and social media is a huge help with that, although, you know, they're trying to reverse that as well. Mm-hmm, with the net neutrality um, stuff. Yeah, well, and, and just um, the social media. Yeah, and the social media companies taking it upon themselves to start censoring conservatives. Yeah, so, um, but... Did you lose anyway. your train of thought? I did. <laughs> I was going to say, well, I mean, there's another perfect segue while we're talking about social media and the censoring of conservatives. Yeah. You wanted to talk about the connection with China, which I found really interesting. I didn't know that there was this connection with Twitter censoring stuff, bad stuff about China. 
Yeah, well, I wasn't sure if you were ready to ready to, to uh, transition, but that's fine. My ADD is always ready. <laughs> but uh, Twitter. So basically, it's kind of like we talked about yesterday. We were talking about how you have the newspaper, you read the newspaper, or you watch the evening news. They tell you what they want you to hear, and that's that, right? Mm -hmm. So now we have social media. We can tell each other, like, did you see this story, or look at this story, or remember this, or whatever. Um, but be So prior to this, the elites or the establishment or whatever you want to call them, they're certainly not elite in my mind. Right. <laughs> but they had control of the flow of information. Now they don't anymore. And it's they, driving them they crazy. They got to decide what was important. They got to decide what went on page one of the newspaper and what was important. They don't have that power anymore. Because now people can get on Twitter or on Facebook or on, you know, comment boards or whatever and say, this is what's important. Right. We can share it with each other. They can share it with each other. And the things it used to be, at least the things that were really important to people were what was trending. Right. Right. So what so what the social media companies are trying to do now is get back that control over the narrative. Right. And get back that control over the flow of information which, I mean, so that, we, we know they've done that. We've seen them artificially suppress trends. We've seen them, you know, inflate mm -hmm. things that have hardly any tweets. I mean, we already know they're up to this. Right, right. And now they're, and they're censoring conservatives to keep certain points of view and certain um, perspectives out, out of the public's eye. So, um, so they're basically trying, this is the elite's attempt to get back in control over the flow of information and what people see and hear. So related to that, and just as an example of how these corporations operate, which is really ironic when you think about it, because I can't remember all the names, but didn't Twitter start out by some guy that was like totally pro free speech? I, you know, I don't know off the top of my yeah. head, honestly. I think it's Aaron, I'm thinking Aaron Schwartz is his name. But anyways, I, I wish I'd been prepared for that part of it because these, you know, a lot of these companies came about because of people that were totally pro free speech and now they're gone. Well, apparently Jack Dorsey been... was one of the original founders. I just Googled it. It was created by Jack Dorsey, Noah Glass, Biz Stone, and Evan Williams. Okay. So it must've been, it must've been Reddit. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. But anyway, so they started out as free speech platforms, and now they're becoming these corporate entities that are being controlled by establishments. Adver yeah, and advertisers and, who have money. Yeah, yeah. and one of the latest examples of that is Twitter with the anniversary of Tiananmen Square. So I just read an article this morning that they are censoring people that are criticizing China for Tiananmen Square, but not just in China. They're censoring people outside of China for censoring China. What? Or for criticizing China. What? So it just shows you that these people are no longer democratic, I guess, if you want to say. They are captives of governments and of, and of other corporations 
that want to control the flow of information. China has 1.4 billion people. 1.4 billion They know how to control information over there. (laughs) They know how to control information over there. And if Twitter wants access to that market and the Chinese are going to play hardball, then they can do whatever they want. want. Yeah. Exactly. So it just it just shows you that that totalitarianism that um you know way of looking at the world creeps into these corporations even over here and china has a social credit system where they i know God, basically everything you do is that's so freaky rated. that is so freaky but but i mean how different is it really from what they're trying to do over here. I know with social justice, it's essentially the same thing. Well, in what they're trying to do, I mean, like on Twitter, like if you say what we like, your posts are elevated. If you say what we don't like, you're censored or you're depressed. Yeah, and I mean, you get kicked off of Facebook or Twitter, you know, as as one of these independent media people like Tim Pool, for example. Tim Pool yeah. is a guy who's not even conservative. He's just an independent, right. good reporter who's not afraid to follow the facts. He's in danger of having his account suspended, and all he does is tell the truth. You know, it's it's right. And this is these people's living, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And they if you get kicked off one of these this. companies, you can't. Like, there's no other way. If you get so you you get kicked off Twitter or Facebook, I mean, you're pretty much done for. Exactly. So what they do. It's the same kind of thing as with the social credit system. This is what I'm getting at. Because what they do is they make it so you self-censor. Yeah, you don't say anything right? anymore. Because you don't want to get kicked off. Right. So you kind of keep your views within the acceptable boundaries that Twitter has created. And so it makes you, it makes you change your way of thinking almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like thought control. It makes you feel like you're doing something wrong. Right, or you just say things in a very careful way. I know, but that's what I'm saying. You so that, do that because it makes you, you it makes you feel like you're thinking something that's wrong, you know. Because right. you're like, I mean, whether it's subconscious or not, you know, doesn't really matter. But when you're trying mm-hmm. to phrase that and keep something within a, a, a boundary that's been, you know, artificially given by somebody else, it's it's it makes you feel like you're doing something wrong to think that. You know what I mean? It's like a psychological thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's like peer pressure and groupthink. Like we've we've talked about those before. Which is a real thing. Groupthink is a real thing, and that is that, yeah. that is what the Democratic Party of 2019 is built on is groupthink. Yeah, but I mean that is just that's a real line to cross when you're censoring people outside of China for being critical of China. That's pretty Orwellian. That's so pretty we can't Orwellian. trust these companies, and we need to hold them accountable for living up to the ideals that they're supposed to be right a uh, few minutes left real quick saw a story about christopher Steele finally agreeing to talk to investigators but um we'll see what happens with that i mean he doesn't he doesn't have to tell him anything he's not under any obligation to or anything like that I, but he was refusing to speak to him before so now he's going to talk to him we'll see what happens with that they're going to have to put pressure on him to get anything real out of him well they're going to have to put pro- I, I think that they're going to have to help get help from the British government and it sounds like the British government was misled by him so they might be a little you know miffed and want to find out too what happened because according to what they told Flynn they didn't think that his Steele's information was credible at all 
and they didn't know when they were helping his, you know, the U.S. investigate Trump, they didn't know that all the intel had come from Steele. So right. at least according to what they told Flynn. We don't know if that's true right. or not, but that's what they told Flynn. So if that were true, you would expect that they would want to find out what had happened there. I know. I kind of have a hope that Trump's over there getting some dirt, getting I'm, some info. I'm kind of thinking while he's like, over this, there. the timing of this trip a little interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, so speaking of yeah. that trip, that's what we'll end on the high note of just how much better this trip has been for the United States than the Obama trip was over there. I mean, yeah. you, you had to tell. I didn't I didn't remember. So I remembered that he gave Obama gave the queen an iPod as a gift. I remember that cringy thing. I did not remember that he gave her an iPod with a bunch of his speeches on it. I mean, who does that? Who does that? I mean, can you imagine? Here's, a, here's speeches imagine? of me. Here's a bunch of stuff of me talking. Here you go. Isn't this a yeah. great gift that I just gave you? What? The woman who's been the queen of England for, what, 50 years or here's something. Seen World Wars come and go. Wants to hear what the community organizer has to say. Here's an iPod with me talking <laughs> on it. Oh should have given her an iPod so with the should have given her an iPod so with the bad. British national anthem on it, so she could actually hear it instead of having him talk over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just because I didn't know he did that either. Yeah, he was giving a speech and he took an awkward I long pause, took an awkward long pause in the middle of it, and the the orchestra just started playing the British national anthem. And instead of respectfully standing there and listening to it, he just kept on talking. Oh, it was bad. The guy's a total doof. It was bad, and then he tried to toast her. He tried to toast the queen, and she just kind of stood there still because the national anthem was still going. I'm pretty sure she pointed at the table with her eyes and was like, put that the F down right now. (laughs) Shut your yap. You've been talking for far too long. But, I mean, the media, like, barely covered it because it was just so embarrassing. And they love Trump over there. She's laughing with him. You know, he's. I know, she really seems to genuinely like Trump. Well, everybody likes yeah. Trump when they meet. The dude is so yeah. charismatic in person. I mean, he's not the, the guy that the media makes him out to be at all. Everybody who meets him, interacts with him, loves the guy, gushes about him. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. forget he was, he, was, he was famous and popular long before he ever became president. People around the world exactly. know. You know, maybe the queen has watched his TV show. You know, maybe she watched yeah. The Apprentice back in the day. I don't know. Yeah, but she liked him. It was it was cute to see the two of them together. Good day for America over there in in uh, in Britain. All right, we're done. We're out of time though. Uh, maybe we'll get another one in this week. We're two for two this week. Got to make it three for three tomorrow, huh? Sounds good. All right. See you guys later.